episode 139, Dre Baldwin. His law number 28, interaction with boldness. As soon as I read that, I knew in my life all my best accomplishments had been when I just threw caution to the wind. Welcome to the Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Words they live by, for example, put the cookie down, origins, awakening moments, Yoda questions, and the alpha round to finish. Any men out there who are listening and are interested in the Awaken Your Alpha coaching program, Ultimatum, get lean, get healthy, skyrocket your sex drive, your confidence to benefit your life and the lives of those around you that are close to you, that are important to you, and just be working on a whole nother level. Just get in contact with me through Facebook, Adam Lewis Walker, message me, or Facebook, Awaken Your Alpha. Get to the podcast! Okay, guys, good morning. We have a quality one on this morning. We have Dre Baldwin. This is my first proper basketball player on here, um, so I'm excited to have, have him on. He found me out. He's a fan of Robert Greene. Uh, it was a great episode we did a little while ago. Whilst he was a professional basketball player, he wasn't able to maintain sort of being with a team, one solid team the whole time. He was moving around quite a bit, but he, so he'd been in the gym quite a lot. He started recording and posting many of his workouts that he did to YouTube uh, starting in 2006. In 2009, he decided to try and keep posting at least one new video per day. And through that, he created a massive online following. He's got loads of content out there, not just sort of limited to basketball, you know, it's motivational training, it's all sorts. And uh, so he's got a huge following. He's been a published author, training programs. His next sort of avenue he's pushing on to is marketing and branding company. is where he teaches entrepreneurs how to market themselves and their business online with building their brand names. He's got so much on the go. So looking for looking to sort of try and introduce him in a sort of a nice little soundbite is not as easy as it sounds. So Dre, first <laughs> things first, are you ready to awaken your alpha? Absolutely. Yes. So, man, I feel like I made a hash of your intro there. So uh, can you just sum it up? What are you all about at the moment? <laughs> is there anything you'd like to add? Man, it's, it's really difficult to say. I mean, yeah. it's funny. <laughs> I found that I out. know over the course of a day-to-day basis, I'm doing all these different things. And yeah. it's funny when I try to describe what I do to somebody, like just for example, <laughs> last night, last night I was at a networking event yeah. in here in South Florida where I live and at a networking event, 80% of the people, when they walk up to you, they shake your hand. The first thing they say is, what do you do? Yeah. They don't want to know your name. They just want to know, what do you do? So it's hard <laughs> for me to even come up with, I've been working on it. I got to come up with it, you know, an elevator speech, so to speak. Yeah to tell people exactly what it is I do because there's so many different things. Yeah. It I depends think that's, really on the yeah. conversation. I think that's a, a common theme. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, entrepreneurs out there. It's the common theme and kind of, that's why sometimes you're obviously clearly an entrepreneur and that, that kind of covers it. But then people are like, okay, yeah, yes. what do you do exactly? And I didn't even mention it because I was sort of looking at your introduction or something. I didn't even mention work on your game. That is obviously your company as well, where yes. you're just sort of, lots of basketball training videos and you've got quality t-shirt and clothing line as well we didn't even mention that so i'm gonna chuck that in there as well so i just want to touch on your origin story obviously you basketball is a, is a big passion for you and that's i'm assuming growing up that was a big passion but um where are you originally from how did you get to this point doing all these different things Can you just tell us sort of the journey all right well i'm originally from philadelphia pennsylvania that's where i was born and raised Mm-hmm. And I started, I was always into sports as a youth and I started playing sports. The first sport I played was driveway sports, which is the driveways like the space in between the houses where the cars go to park. 
where, where yeah. I live. So we would play kickball in the driveway. We'd play a little bit of baseball. We'd play some basketball. And the thing was, the neighbors, the older neighbors who didn't have kids, they'd get mad at us because they didn't want the ball to come near their cars because they yeah. thought we might break a window. So I started going to the local recreation center. And the first sport I tried to play was actually football. And I went to football, and I thought I would be pretty good because I was fast. I, at least I thought I was fast before I got to football practice. And <laughs> once, we, once we started practicing, you know, eventually the coaches said after about two, three weeks, okay, next week you guys need to start bringing your equipment. Like, first we would just practice without pads. Yeah. So, and I'm talking about American football, not soccer. I'm yeah, no, that have, you've got to have a lot of equipment for um, American football, haven't you? You can't just turn yeah. up. Yeah, exactly. You need a, a helmet, all kinds of pads. You're talking a couple hundred dollars worth of equipment, even for a 12 year old kid. Yeah. So at that point, I told my parents what the coaches said. And my parents said, you know, we really can't afford to buy you this equipment. So football just wasn't going to work out. So the next sport I tried was uh, baseball. It was my dad, actually. My dad's only like, I'm 6'4". My dad's like 5'9". He didn't, he doesn't know anything about basketball. He's playing basketball. He knows yeah. I mean, when he's watching from the couch, he knows everything about basketball. When he's playing, he don't know anything. So <laughs> I started playing baseball. My dad actually took over as the coach of the local team. So I played baseball from age nine to about age 14. And around age 14, I started to get a little bit taller. And in my neighborhood where I come from, in the city, a lot in America, basketball is a sport that's easiest to play. So you yeah. can go ahead and play basketball. So basketball became the next thing because yeah, I think it's a bit everybody like everybody uh, plays it. Yeah, I think it's a bit like over in England. Obviously, it's a bit like football or soccer over here. That exactly everyone's exactly. playing it. And I, I was obviously the English guy obsessed by basketball when I was young. And I was the struggle I had is there wasn't many outdoor courts. They didn't really have right. any. If they did have it, then a lot of times there weren't people. I mean, it's hard to get convince my friends to like to turn up and have a game i hear from a lot of youths from outside of the united states yeah. basketball players and they they tell me that they say dre i see you in your gym but you got to understand where i live <laughs> the closest basketball course two hours away walking and i don't have a car so what am i supposed to do so you got into your basketball i mean did you have the belief that you'd be able to get become a professional or was that just did it just develop evolve or was that always the aim for you no, absolutely not. When I first started playing basketball, I was terrible. I was the worst player at my age. I was about 14 when I started playing. So you had to oh, understand. Yeah, that's late that. for America, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it's very late. That must have <laughs> right. been a deep learning curve when you like walk at 14 and then they've been playing for all them years. That yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I was getting my butt kicked on the basketball court for a couple of years. I wasn't Char good at all. Character building. There we go. Right, exactly. So... <laughs> I realized early on, Adam, that if I – I knew I was way behind those kids. And a lot of times, well, players will – I hear players say, okay, well, this player is better than me, but he's older than me. So when I get to be X, Y, Z age, I'll be better than him. But I couldn't yeah. use that excuse because they were the same age as me. So what <laughs> am I going to do to make up this gap? Yeah. So I realized the one thing that I could do was if I just come to the court and practice more than them, if I'm practicing when they're not practicing, eventually slowly day by day i'll eventually catch up to these guys that was my only hope yeah and you have to remember that back then this is 19 i'm 33 years old so this is around 1996 mid 90s there's no youtube so yeah. there's no one for me to learn to my dad didn't play basketball i have no brothers there's no email there are no programs to buy there's no internet for me to go learn it from anybody else i didn't have anybody helping me out so yeah. i thought 
I just had this inkling that all right, the only way this is going to work is if I just practice more than everybody else. And I didn't know if it would work, but I knew that's the only way it could work. Yeah. So that base, I took that principle and applied it. Basically, I've been applying it for the last 20 years. Oh, definitely. Well, this is where the crossover from just basketball is having that hustle. Basically, see the problem or see how far you behind you are where you want to be and then just doing things daily, chipping away at it to close the gap. I exactly. Mean, is there a particular alpha quote or success quote that you either really like or resonates with you and you like to live your life by? Any that spring to mind? Yeah, it's called work on your game. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that's the quote. It is. You set me is. up for that one, right? Yeah, man, I'm looking at the T-shirt. It's quality. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Thank you. So, but I still, I mean, there's, there's one thing to like starting basketball at 14 and mm. obviously getting good at it. Even if you like really close the gap a lot, it's still so competitive, especially in America. Um, tell us about when you started to like travel around the world a little bit and, and playing professionally. I, mean, I didn't make the team, so I was a senior in high school, yeah. my fourth year in high school. And I made the team and I sat on the bench. I didn't get in the games. There were freshmen who were playing more than I was yeah. when I was a senior. So I averaged maybe two points per game as a senior yeah. in high school. So I had no scholarship offers for college. But I knew I was going to go to college. I just wanted to go to college, just not as a basketball player, yeah. just as a person. I wanted to go. So I went to a college that was a small school at the time. And I played okay that year. I wasn't spectacular, but I was good enough that a coach from a different school actually saw me play. And he recruited me to come play at his school. So I went from that two-year school to what they call Division Three, which is the third level yeah. of athletics and sports in college. So I ended up playing there. My senior year of college, I didn't play because a, a new coach, not the coach who recruited me, but a new coach actually kicked me out of the program because he didn't like the way I played. Yeah. So I knew that to make the team in the pros, to make the pros, period, I was going to have to do some things that the average player didn't do. Not only with the fact that I hadn't played my senior year, but even coming from a Division three school, yeah. a lot of teams in Europe, because I knew Europe would have to be my first step. I knew I wasn't yeah. going to go straight to the NBA coming from my background a lot of teams in Europe they look at when a player is coming out of college they just look at where you play I knew that I was going to have to go out there promote and market myself and most importantly I was going to have to jump into the fire and actually prove myself against other players at what they call exposure camps which is for people who don't understand it's basically like a job fair for athletes mm -hmm. so that's what I did I went to a professional camp I was in Philadelphia at the time me and a friend of mine we drove from Philadelphia to Orlando on Friday evening. The camp started at 9 a.m. Saturday morning. So we did not sleep. We drove at 5 p.m. from Philly, 9 a.m. to Orlando, and we played in this camp that lasted for two days. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, Adam, or any of your viewers. When you work and work and work for a certain situation, and you put in all this work, all this preparation, but it's one moment. It might last five seconds, maybe five minutes, maybe two hours, but it's that one moment that changes everything. Yeah. And when I went to this camp in Orlando, the first game, I remember the first few minutes, I was playing very tentatively because I was nervous. I was trying to just get used to all the other guys. So for the first couple of minutes, I was playing kind of tentatively, not doing much. And then my coach called a timeout and he drew up some plays or whatever. And during that timeout, I thought to myself, like, all right, Jerry, look, either you're going to work. Uh, at the time, I was working at a gym selling gym memberships. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I thought to myself, all right, Dre, so either you're going to sell gym memberships for the next 10 years or you're going to start playing like you know how to play here and see what happens for the rest of your career. 
So at that moment, I decided I was just going to play aggressively. Whatever happens, happens. And about three minutes later, I just got this this really nice dunk that had the whole crowd going crazy. People were just yelling and screaming. And at that moment, when that game ended, I knew that I had done something that was going to change the trajectory of not only my career, but my life. And that's how I got started. Yeah. Man, well, I ask, like, was there a clear awakening moment where it all started to change? It sounds like that could be it. And there may be some, there may be several. So Mm -hmm. after that, moving on, what happened, man? Would, would you, would you say that as one of your, one of the big moments in your life and your career? Yes, that was absolutely one of the turning points where I knew that was the point where if people could think about you always think you think in your mind and you believe that you can do something, you believe you're capable of something, you believe that you can hold your own in a certain situation, but you've never actually done it yet. Yeah. So you're thinking it and you're like, I know I can do this. I know I can do it. And you practice and you get ready, you prepare, you read about it, you watch it, you follow other people who have done it. But until you actually do it, you don't really know. Yeah. So when I got that dunk, it was like, all right, there's 80 guys in here who are trying to play basketball professionally. And I just made myself the buzz of the whole camp. Now I know I can do this. When did the sort of the business side of it start as well with like work on your game and the you did it evolve from the YouTube clips and just obviously a lot of people were inspired by what you're getting up to. You've got a lot of people following your daily yeah. videos. Because at the moment you are really tunnel visioned on the basketball and being a player. <laughs> But then the other side, yeah. the entrepreneurs coming in now, it's, that starts to come in. I started my pro career in 2005. And between 2005 and 2013, I've been to about eight different countries. But here's the thing. It wasn't a smooth ride. Nah. A lot of people think when they see someone who's highly successful, they think this person went from where they started at point zero and they just went to 100 just in a straight line. It doesn't work like that. So what was happening to me is that some years I was able to get a playing contract to play professional basketball. And sometimes I wasn't getting the contract. There were times that I didn't get a contract. There are times that I went back and worked full time, like nine to five. I worked, I was selling gym memberships. I saw, I worked at three or four different gyms yeah. and I would always get a job at a gym so I could work out, you know, so <laughs> I could <laughs> at least stay in shape. Yeah. So at one point I had thought to myself, I started to critically think about it. Like, even though it's basketball and even though this is a great lifestyle, you get to travel the world and play sports. At the end of the day, I was still an employee. Yeah. You're a basketball player. You are paid well. You're taken care of. And you're working at a job that most people would trade their jobs for. But you still have a boss. Yeah. And you also still have to apply for your job. And when you have that job, you also are not in control. One injury, yeah. one injury away from you know, pretty much being unemployed as well. Exactly. Exactly. So I figured that I needed to do something that would give me some control. I needed to do, I needed to do something that would give me some control, but at the same time still be able to do the things that I was passionate about, which was basketball. And that's where I started to look more seriously at YouTube. I had actually posted my first vid was that camp where I talked about the dunk. I posted that vid in 2006 and that was just for me. I just put it there so I wouldn't have to hold on to a VHS tape over the years because I knew it would get destroyed. Yeah. So, and I started posting very sporadically, maybe once a month, maybe every three months. But then it got to a point where I said, what if I start posting to YouTube like every day? Mm-hmm. What will happen? Maybe somebody will take notice. Maybe I could just be the basketball guy on YouTube. I didn't know it was going to become what it became. I didn't even think I had 
30 days worth of ideas. I thought I might flame out after a week or 10 days. Mm -hmm. And now it's been almost 2000 days. I think it's been over 2000 days since I had that idea in 2009 and I've kept it going. So it it came, the idea, that whole entrepreneurship thing came from the idea that I wanted to A, still be able to do the things that I like doing, but B, I needed to have control. I needed to be fully in control of it. And that's how all of this stuff came together. So from the website, the work on your game, YouTube, yeah. the actual phrase work on your game just came from people leaving comments on my videos and they were asking me a lot of questions like, what do I need to do to get better? I want to get better at basketball. I want to play in college. I want to play in high school. Dre, can you give me some tips? Can you give me some tips on this, tips on yeah. that? In 2009, the word tips was my, I hated that word. I just didn't <laughs> want to hear the word tips. And one day I made a video and said, listen, the reason that you're not getting any better is because you're on YouTube looking for a four leaf clover. And what you need to do is be <laughs> on the court in the gym, doing, putting in the work. You need to work on your game. And I actually put a, a different word in there. As you can see from the hat, that F is for emphasis. <laughs> so people can understand. <laughs> people just caught that one phrase. And that's the thing people kept repeating to me like, Oh, work on your game, work on yeah. your game. So I said, okay, so people identify with that. So then I just took it and ran with it. I didn't plan that. It Quality. just happened that way. That's, that's awesome. That's the best way these things evolve. So, exactly. I mean, at the moment, it it's, it's sounds like a very self-driven sort of story. I mean, we ask a Yoda question. Who helped awaken your alpha? And it could be people you're in contact. It could be a mentor. It could be just someone who's inspired you from afar that you've never even met. Is there any figures along the journey? Yeah, I think my... My biggest mentors are people that I've never actually even met in person. Mm-hmm. One person that we discussed, yeah. Robert Greene. Yeah. I mean, he wrote my favorite book, The 48 Laws of Power. 48, I saw the spine of the book. It wasn't even front facing. It was just in the shelf with all the other books. And I saw the title and I said, this is interesting. Then I looked at the back of it and on the back of the actual hardcover, you know, he has each of the 48 laws listed. Yeah. And I was looking at that and the law that actually caught my attention the most i've never actually told anyone this was law number 28 interaction with boldness yeah as soon as i read it i didn't know what the chapter i didn't read the chapter i just read the title and something about that just touched me because i knew in my life as soon as i read that i knew in my life all my best accomplishments had been when i just threw caution to the wind and just say you know what i'm gonna go make this happen and whatever happens happens and 99 times out of 100 it turned out well and I ended up, and I read a few of the other headings, and I said, this is my book. And I went and bought that book, and I've been a Robert Greene fan ever since. So he's definitely been one. When he made, in two, I believe it was 2009 or 2010, when he did a book with my favorite rapper, 50 Cent, yeah. the 50th Law, that was another just perfect moment for me. Because 50, I followed 50 like before he had even got shot. He started putting his music out and just the energy of the music when he came back, you could feel it. You could feel that he was just saying he had entered action with boldness. He had taken law number 28 and he said, I'm applying this to the rest of my life. Yeah. I mean, I got shot and I survived. What else? What can you possibly do to a person besides try to kill him? that is going to bother him? Nothing. Yeah. There's one thing Robert Greene was talking when he was talking about him, just said he is just fearless. That's what came across. Just completely fearless now. So, yeah. Exactly. And actually, it's funny, paradoxically, I don't really look up to a lot of basketball players simply because, in my opinion, and I can say this because I am a basketball player, a lot of basketball players who come into a lot of success when we talk about financial success or able to build businesses, 
it's not necessarily because they were so smart or that they had to take any risk. I mean, you hit you hit the genetic lottery by being six eight and being able to jump forty <laughs> inches in the air. You, it, it, that didn't take any intelligence. So I like basketball and I like basketball players, but when we're talking about business, I don't look at athletes because, like I said, a lot of them didn't have to do anything to get a ten million dollar contract. Yeah, and I didn't get the ten million dollar contract. So what am I going to learn from somebody who kind of was born into it? I got to learn from somebody who had to make it from nothing. Yeah, Micah 50, Micah Robert Green, who worked how many jobs? He said he worked before he hit, hit it big with that 18. book. <laughs> exactly, right. And he was how old? He was almost 40 years old when that book yeah, came out. Yeah, no, that's what I thought. was. I think, yeah, he was literally like, yeah, 37, 39, around that. That was the fact that exactly. started to come good. So, no, I found that really inspiring as well. Because, like, exactly. you're, you're 33, did you say? I'm 33. 33 yes. I'm, I'm 35, so, yeah. So that's that's good. We got we got a couple of years to to make it huge. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, we're gonna mix it up a little bit here now, and I just want to find out a little bit more about you. We're gonna do the complete blank around. So you're just gonna finish my sentence, All right. <laughs> fill in the blank, and we we'll find out some more. If I was ever to visit your hometown, I should. You should get a cheesesteak and get a Rita's water ice. Cheesesteak from South Philly, Rita's water ice from Mount Airy, which is my neighborhood. Okay, a, a, what did you say? A Reader's Water Ice. What's Reader's that? Water Ice. Now, oh. nobody, the funny, nobody from outside of Philadelphia knows what a water ice is. You familiar with yeah, the yeah, motto? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of like that, but 10 times better. So oh. I really can't explain it. It's, it's food, so you have to taste it. I can't explain food. Yeah, and so you're, um, you're, in, uh, you're in Orlando at the moment, or Florida, did you say? I'm in South Florida, so South Fort Lauderdale, so. Miami Beach. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, so if I was ever to visit your hometown now, where you're living now, I should? Ooh, if you were to visit South Florida for the first time, you should stay in South Beach to get mm. the experience. There is no area in the entire world, known world, like South Beach. There is nowhere you can there. go that's uh, the same. Yeah, it's different, man. <laughs> it's very different, and there's nothing <laughs> like it. There's nowhere else you can go that's the same. Cool. Your best friend would describe you as? Hmm. Competitive. Competitive sometimes to a fault. <laughs> okay. Um, the last time you were drunk was? Mm, last time I was drunk was probably 2007 when I went and visited my old college again. That was the last time I was drunk. <laughs> probably the last time I drank, period. I don't even drink. Yeah. No, I was just like, yeah. college, that, that, that kind of thing goes down at colleges. So that sounds about right. Yeah, we don't have nothing else to do and we're broke. So we buy cheap <laughs> stuff and you know, that lasts us for the whole weekend. <laughs> you upset people by? I upset people by telling them what they need to hear and not what they want to hear. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what is your favorite movie of all time? Favorite movie of all time is I had to give you I had to cheat and give you two. Number one is Do the Right Thing by Spike Lee, and number two is The Ocean's Eleven. I'm going to take the one you said first. Do the right mm -hmm. thing. What is it about that one? Why is that right up there for you? Okay. okay, Do the Right Thing was back in 1988, and it was one of Spike's first movies. Mm -hmm. uh, Samuel L. Jackson was in it. Uh, Rosie Perez was in it. The reason I like that movie is because. At the end of the movie, the guy, the protagonist of the movie decided that he had to do the right thing, quote unquote, mm -hmm. by destroying his boss's business. He yeah. basically threw a trash can through the window and his neighborhood friends burned the place down to the ground after the police had killed a black guy. 
Yeah. And it's, it's funny, it's come full circles in, in 2015 that I'm saying that. <laughs> that the police killed a black guy in America and then the black people rioted and destroyed yeah. a white guy's business. But that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're pretty much to the alpha round, just to sort of tie and tie things up. Um, so I'd like to start off with, I mean, usually ask for a book recommendation. I know you're one of your, if not your favorite book of all time is The 48 Laws of Power. But I mean, is there another, any other books you'd like to recommend? It doesn't have to be one of your favorite books. You just think are useful. I mean, I can't imagine when it comes to something like basketball, there's like a, a book out there. Or is, is there any other books that you think are worth uh, uh, passing on? That's a great question to ask me. I'm one of the best people to ask that question. So yes, I could give you a hundred books, but I'll well, give okay. you a few. I'll um, limit you to two, two more. Because that's the right, problem. Yeah. One, for athletes, I would recommend, especially basketball players, I had to recommend a book called Relentless by Tim uh -huh. Grover. I've got that. <laughs> you got I that? Did it. you read it? Uh, you absolutely had to read that book. I read that book in about 48 hours. That was recommended to me by a guy on here, Def. And yeah, it was, from the, it was the mix of obviously just an awesome book outright, but the fact that it was so, so heavily linked to basketball as well. Yes. So, yeah. yes, absolutely. And the second book, The Law of Success by Napoleon Hill. Perfect. Is there a particular resource that you use that helps you in your, your business and your life? It could be something to do with YouTube. It could be just, it could be absolutely anything. It's just a little sort of like a, a little helpful thing to pass on that you, you use. Helpful thing to pass on is that you have to be persistent. You have to, first of all, decide what it is that you want to do. I tell athletes that when they ask me, how, am I, how do I get overseas? First thing you have to understand is that there's a buyer's market. There are 10,000 jobs and probably 100,000 players, mm -hmm. which means you have to do something that stand, makes you stand out from everybody else. So the first thing you have to do is decide that this is absolutely going to happen no matter what. Once you made the decision, then everything else you do will follow that decision. If it's not a real decision, then you'll quit. Then you'll change your mind. Then you won't get out of bed because you're tired. Then you won't do it because your ankle hurt, because your stomach hurts. If it's a decision, you're going to make it happen no matter what. So make a decision about whatever you want to do. Cool. What would you say is one of your personal sort of alpha habits that you do daily? Apart from, apart from YouTube and a video, is there anything mm -hmm. else that comes to mind? Yeah. What I do every morning, I start my day by reviewing a list of like, personal development goals. Uh, I guess you could say auto suggestions or affirmations. Mm -hmm. Every day I keep them, I keep them written down or in my head. And every day I spend about anywhere from five to 20 minutes reviewing them, the exact same material every single day until it's kind of burned in my mind. The funny thing is at certain moments of my life, certain things are happening. I'm thinking to myself, you know what, this is exactly the stuff that I tell myself every day is actually starting to manifest. And that happens. If you tell yourself anything enough times, you're going to start to believe it. And when you believe something, those things start to happen. Who would you recommend? I'm, I'm real interested in this, but who would you recommend that I interview next or very soon? I mean, it could be someone that's Ooh. maybe not in your network or someone, again, that you've come into contact over the years, someone from your network that you think would be a good alpha for this show. That's a really good question. I would have to tell you to interview uh, the author of Relentless, Tim Grover. When you're talking about alphas, mm -hmm. he knows alphas. I mean, the guy trained Michael Jordan for yeah. 20 years. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> there is no greater alpha than Michael Jordan if you're talking to a basketball player. Then he trained Kobe, and then yeah. Kobe's the alpha right now, and Dwayne Wade, and a bunch of other guys. He definitely would have to be the one, Tim Grover. Cool. 
Okay. Is there anyone from your contacts? Unless you know, you, you don't know Tim Grover, do you? That'd be handy. <laughs> no, I do not know Tim Grover. Damn. I think if you reach, I think if you reached out to him on Twitter, he's yeah. on Twitter. He actively tweets because I've actually tweeted my review of one of his books and he retweeted it. He liked it. All right, here's somebody I can give you. I can give you someone. When we're talking about alphas, there's a person on YouTube I like. I actually did a Q&A video with this guy about a year and a half ago. And he talks a lot about – he's not a basketball player. He's, a, I think, a strength trainer, like a yeah. personal trainer. He talks about toughness, mental toughness, physical toughness, not being a bitch. And he has videos that are titled How to Stop Being a Bitch. His name is Big Brandon Carter. Big Brandon Carr. Okay. He's on YouTube. He's on Twitter. And I can either put you in touch with him or you could tell him that I told you to reach out yeah. to him. In closing, then, the final thing, apart from finding what's the best way can uh, people get in contact with you? Is- Twitter. My Twitter is Dre All Day. Yeah. I'm also on Instagram, Dre Baldwin. My Facebook page is slash work on your game. Yeah. YouTube, of course. YouTube is just t- type my name in. You'll see my name. My website is dreallday.com. So if you want to reach me privately with an email, is my website, dreallday.com. The email is dre at dreallday.com. Perfect. And I suppose just in summing things up, what is work on your game all about? If you had to kind of sum it up and what advice just in closing, could you give to someone when it comes to what they should do to work on their game in, in general, in life? <laughs> well, the number one thing people have to understand is working your game has nothing to do with sports. Working yeah. your game is a mentality. It's a mentality that says, once you decide that you're going to do something, once you made a decision that you're going to make it happen, you have to put in the work to do it. That's not dependent on somebody helping you. It's not dependent on you getting any certain information. It's not dependent on your resources. It's dependent on you using yourself as a number one resource, deciding you're going to make it happen. You put in the effort every single day. You discipline yourself, and you focus on making it happen regardless of anybody else's thoughts, words, actions, help, or decisions. Absolutely. Quality. Good way to end it, man. So thank you so much for taking the time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Of course. Thank you for having me, Adam. I really enjoyed this. I like to finish the sentence part. (laughs) Cool. So, I mean, we just can't (laughs) wait to get this one out. And we'll try and get everyone to subscribe and leave a review for the podcast and let us know what they thought. Definitely. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in for another awesome, exciting episode on Awaken Your Alpha. Really appreciate it. Make sure you keep up to date with everything that's going on. Follow us on Facebook, Awaken Your Alpha, Twitter, Awaken Your Alpha, and Instagram at Awaken Your Alpha. Connect with me as well, Adam Lewis Walker on Facebook, personal and public profiles, but I'd love to connect with you and find out more. Those who want to take it up another notch, you can book in your personal strategy session with me. Get straight to that form and apply. It's tinyurl.com com forward slash awaken your alpha get lean get healthy skyrocket your sex drive your confidence and just be working on a whole nother level the awaken your alpha podcast live limitless